Hello and welcome to Conversations with Elizabeth Johnston. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and I am so profoundly honored to have an amazing guest with us today. His name is Brian Guerin. For those of you that don't know Brian, he is the founding president of Bridal Glory International and lead pastor of a new church, Ascend Church. He travels extensively throughout the world as a keynote speaker and author preaching the gospel. His main passion and emphasis in life are to draw the bride of Christ into greater intimacy with the bridegroom, Jesus Christ. Brian, it is such an honor to have you here. So glad to be here. Such an honor and just love all you're doing for the Lord and you're really glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I know that everybody's going to be really impacted by what you um, have to share. I was actually introduced to you and your ministry through my three adult children they attended um, Jesus Image in 2019, and they came home just wrecked. Mm. Wrecked for the Lord, wrecked for intimacy with the Lord, um, wrecked for encounter. <clears throat> and uh, your message had a lot to do with that. And mm. so they were like, Mom, you've got to check this guy out. <laughs> and I, I didn't know you yet. And, and I did, and your ministry has really impacted me significantly as well. And just want to thank you for, you know, loving Jesus so well. And I would love for you to just share your salvation testimony with our audience, if you would. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, first off, praise God. It's so encouraging, you know, that all that he's doing and your children are amazing. Your family, you guys are the real deal. Um, yeah, so basically I was born in church, a non-denominational church, and kind of never, it never really set in, I guess. You know, I even remember... Uh, myself and my brother would kind of sit in the back and yeah. thought we were a little better than and all this and too cool for school huh? totally totally <laughs> last row and and uh but I found myself as I got deeper into high school and deeper into the things of the world actually where they tell you that's where fulfillment comes from I became more empty mm-hmm. fast forward up to the age of 20 I was so miserable and if you looked at me on the outside you would have thought you know I had all that you would aspire to be in life, you know, I was like most popular in the biggest, one of the biggest high schools in Louisiana, all this stuff. And I was miserable, you know, I just, but the pride, I didn't want to tell my friends that I was like, what's going on? I think the Lord was allowing that void to be real clear. So then I started, you know, again, this is a real reader's digest version, but I started just thinking, man, what about what my parents raised me in? Mm. And, you know, just starting to think back through and uh, actually, I got in some legal troubles and fell in these things like this. And so my dad, this is a funny story. I didn't know he did this till years later. He had a job for me because they were trying to keep me out of trouble with yeah. the law. And I thought it was a legitimate job. So I'm working. He on purpose put me under this, uh, this actually a Baptist believer. He was amazing manager over this, this section of work. Okay. And so I'm under him every day. He'd take me to lunch, bless his food. He wouldn't allow any cussing, just clean, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I saw a peace he had, a joy mm-hmm. he had. And and I would get paid cash like every other week. And everybody <laughs> else would get paychecks. And I was like, that's so weird. And uh, <laughs> later I found out my dad was paying them cash. I didn't even have a real job. He's just paying them cash to pay me to keep me, you know, <laughs> out of the, the system. And uh, Wow. But that first was I would say some seeds and then a few other times the Lord you could tell was getting at my heart and basically at the age of 20 I got born again and uh, just got wrecked I mm. really met Jesus and all I could do is just want to spend time with him there's mm. worship music and 
anything I knew that had anything to do with the Lord, I was like, oh my gosh, what have I been doing my whole life, you know? And uh, fell in love from day one, and that was 1998, so now, mm. I think 22-something years ago, and it's been beautiful, yeah. And you know, a lot of ups and downs, you learn and get re- get your yeah. mind renewed, but met Jesus at the age of 20, and mm. uh, kind of never looked back. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, where did the Brownsville revival come into play in your testimony? Yeah, so I was only born again maybe like six months, and... Yeah, about six months because you couldn't even get in until you were saved at least eight months. They had a, a few things of protocol to get into the school. You're referring to the school. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but the Browns of Revival. So what happened was uh, a young man who actually, I don't know if you've ever heard of David Hogan. He's wild. Yes, yeah. I've, I've seen your interview with David. Yeah, very powerful. Love and honor <laughs> them big time. Well, his on down the line, somehow connected in family. Mm-hmm because we're all from Louisiana, I met this guy's name was Chris and he is actually the guy that prayed for me to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just young, 20, just got Mm -hmm. saved, just got full of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And he tells me about this Brownsville revival and I'm like, man, I'm all in anything that's the Lord, you know, Mm -hmm. at that time though, it's on the news. It was, you know, cause there was manifestations and it was pretty wild. There's no social media, no YouTube, and people are coming in from all over the world. It's a bona fide outpouring of the Spirit. Yes. Pensacola, Florida. And so I go with him and get rocked. I mean, it was to date. You know, I know you just spoke with my dear friend Eric as mm-hmm. well. And we were there together, Daniel Kalinda, a lot of us. And Crazy. You, Crazy you, what came out of that. Yeah, it's so true. The fruit. And, yep. And, uh, you know, you never want to get into like, comparing things or pitting things that God does against Mm -hmm. each other by no means, but we still have not yet experienced. It was just crazy in a good way. So then I found out they had a Bible college. Yet I told, I remember telling my parents, I want to go. And they're like, there's this one right around the corner that was an amazing one in Louisiana. I was like, no, I've got to go to that one. I felt the Lord calling me. This was well before, you know, I heard through dreams and visions very clearly. I just sensed like I need to go. Mm -hmm. And, uh, went off to Bible college for two years. And so I was in that atmosphere three, four nights a week. And, Mm -hmm. um, it was like nothing else. I can remember one time I pulled into the parking lot and my legs went like jelloish numb from the presence of God. These prostitutes would walk by the street only the parking lot and fall under repentance, come in repenting Mm. and, and, uh, some of these salvations. And it was a beautiful, beautiful time. Mm, Lord, would you do it again? Come on. Exactly. Yeah, I believe he is. I don't know that it'll look the same, mm-hmm. but you know he's going to mm-hmm. in the last day harvest. I think as darkness increases, bright shining light's going to hit the earth. It already is, but mm-hmm. yeah, we're believing for it again. So. You said that someone prayed for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, when I gave my life to the Lord, um, was a Baptist. And, you know, we believed that. If you were a Christian, you were filled with the Spirit and that there was no yeah. in secondary infilling of the Holy Spirit. There was no second work of grace or anything like that. Right. And um, it was a process of me personally reading. I remember I had friends. Uh, here I am, little goody-two-shoes Baptist girl, you know, leader in my youth group, you know, uh, really serious about, very intense about the Lord. Yeah. But um, I did not believe in this <laughs> awesome. um, filling of the Holy Spirit. Right. And I remember I basically 
went on a mission to prove my friends wrong who had encountered the Lord, mm. gotten filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. And they were, mm-hmm. wow. And I wanted to prove them wrong. And I went to the Christian bookstore and I got three books. Um, one of them was, I wasn't intending to mention this, so I got to think about this. One of them was Charles Stanley's book on the Holy Spirit. I don't remember mm-hmm. the name of it. The other one was Billy Graham's book on the Holy Spirit. Mm, awesome. And the other one was Benny Hinn's Good Morning Holy Spirit. This is a dangerous move right like, there. What? Yeah. And I started reading these books and seeking the Lord and, you know, cross-referencing my Bible and, you know, what does it say? I just couldn't get away and from the passages in Acts where they were yeah. had the opportunity post Jesus resurrection to be you know, born again, and they were baptized in water, but they were not yet baptized in the mm, spirit. So and good. there was a secondary baptism, and it was, you know, manifested in different ways speaking in tongues, spoke the word of God with boldness. But I, I just could not undo that scripture as much as I wanted yeah. to, you know. And I went hungry uh, to some kind of charismatic church service, and boom. 16 wow. years old, got filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Have no idea what my life would have looked like had I not. That's true. Yeah. Oh, how much I needed it throughout mm-hmm. the rest of my life. Speak to the person, the doubter, that's listening right now. I have a lot of followers who are, yeah. you know, Baptists, Methodists, um, Catholics, um, yeah. don't you know, don't believe in this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Speak to that person. Yeah, I would say, and I think sometimes I love to share my story because I feel like it would be encouraging to some that, you know, sometimes look for such a, an, an initial, you know, lightning bolt out of the sky, which those are clear in Scripture too. You see a, a, sound, a rushing mighty wind, yeah, tongues of fire, Acts 4, another baptism happens, and the building shakes. I mean, you know, and so I'm thinking mine's going to be something like that. Mine, honestly, I don't know how yours was, was more of a faith deal, you know, yeah. where I, we, but we see in meetings, yeah. just bona fide baptisms, crazy power manifestations. But for me, uh, it, there was prayer to be filled, didn't feel a thing. Kind of like when I got saved, I remember the, the night I asked Jesus, you know, forgive me, wash me, change me, make me new, come into my heart. I, mm-hmm. I want to know you. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sitting there waiting for something and, you know, and thank the Lord, the college pastor, he looked at me and said, Brian, you'll never be more born again than you are right now. Mm-hmm. And so I respected him. I said, okay, he knows what he's talking right. about. I just found him a clue and mm-hmm. took it by faith. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. Prayed, didn't feel a thing. Mm-hmm. Began to just use me, Lord, and yield my life over to him. And mm-hmm. even pray in an unknown tongue by faith. And for me, actually, I was on like a three-day fast not long after that when mm-hmm. I felt like it really broke. And um, But I would encourage the other listeners, like you said, first and foremost, dig into the Word. You can't get around it. It's so obvious in there, number one. Number two, once you realize it's scriptural, it's there. Like, why would we want anything less than God intended for us to walk in? Yes. And, uh, and then that being said, I would say just go for it. Say, Jesus, He's the baptizer in the Spirit. If it be real, fill me. And begin to just step into it by faith. And some, I believe, will have phenomenal supernatural mm-hmm. experiences to start. Some walk it out by faith. Right. And uh, But I tell you, any more, like you can't get by without the mm-hmm. fullness of what God intended, without the power of the Holy Spirit. You mm-hmm. know? Um, praying in the Holy Spirit is so vital. The Bible says it edifies our spirit. Mm. Sometimes, you know, if you can't even really 
comprehend and, and get full revelation from the Word, what I recommend is praying in the Holy Spirit because mm-hmm. the Bible says it's Spirit-breathed. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit authored it, and then all of a sudden He'll unlock Scripture. Even the Bible says the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance all things that are that are from God. Yes. He's the Spirit of truth. Say you don't have clarity on something, He is the Spirit of truth. Right. So yeah, praying in the Holy Spirit, staying full and baptized is uh, absolutely vital. Yeah. Yes. So good. That's one of the things um, I actually respect about you most is that even though you have a lot to say about signs and wonders and and miracles and you have experienced and walked in those things a lot, Mm -hmm. man, you always got a chapter and a verse. You You don't mess around with making sure that everything is confirmed through the word of God, you know, this is, you always say, this is biblical. Um, (laughs) and so, yeah, I really, I really respect that. And I know a lot of my listeners, um, would respect that as well. Um, if you could pick one thing that you wish Bible colleges and seminaries taught more on, what would it be? Yeah, I love Sorry that. if that's tricky because no, I know there's no. a lot of things you would yeah. want them to teach on. No, I love that question. And I think a lot of them probably do it really well. But um, but for me, and I could be a bit tunnel visioned, but the more and more I'm in this thing, and this is what wrecks my life, and I try and keep I kind of try and keep this the plumb line of all that I do anyway. Have you know made plenty of mistakes, missed mm-hmm. the mark, and, and done better. But but I see that literally to love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And from that love your neighbor, like all the law and the prophets hang on this. Mm. So this, that we'd be a people, look, because there's going to be apostles, prophets, pastors, admin. There's so many gifts and the body is so full and different displays of God in and through his body. But I see that, you know, Jesus says in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. Yes. So that whole abiding in him, that deep place of intimacy, first and season to love. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening recently to Leonard Ravenhill, old general I respect, and mm-hmm. uh, to just to know God intimately, really, because mm-hmm. I think if we're not careful, we can start to get into the profession of ministry or oh. you know what I'm doing for God, you know, which that's amazing. We will be judged according to what we've done, and but what but, a trap that can be. Totally, totally, yeah. and uh, I just love that we would hopefully be taught that and actually live that this place of knowing Him intimately. But Leonard Ravenhill, I loved it. He recently said. Um, he likens the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic Gospels, to the outer courts, mm. then the Gospel of John to the inner courts, then John 17 to the Holy of Holies. Mm. And John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life. Basically, Jesus is about to get crucified. He's like, all right, this is it. Basically, the the sum of all of the whole reason why, by which I came mm. is for this right here, that they may know you. Seventeen three, John, and uh, they, they may know you, the one and only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. At the end, Jesus is like, either I knew you, I didn't know you. It all it all points there. And that I, know you doesn't mean I know no, you intellectually. No. So true, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say that I hope that would be definitely in there. I meant mm-hmm. so much more, but that we'd be a people that intimately know Him in such a deep way. That's why we do what we do, you know. And from mm-hmm. that, we preach the gospel. From that, we you know, fulfill the Great Commission. So, Brian, you have encountered um, wild supernatural things with mm-hmm. the Lord that most American Christians can't say they have encountered. You're not some weird guy that's just <laughs> making up stuff, you know? I mean, people right. know that. They feel that when they hear you speak. 
Why have you encountered those things? Yeah, that's a great question. So the short of it, oh yeah, first off, I think it's obviously God's grace and all, but one thing I've learned and I'm obviously still learning is for you to truly encounter the King, King Jesus, by default, the deeper you go into him, his kingdom unlocks. Like you can't find the king without his kingdom unlocking. And so I didn't honestly, a lot of what I've tapped into or, you know, bumped up against and we see in ministry for me was totally accidental, really. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really know what I was getting into, but right. I went to Bible college two years, graduated. And when I got out, this season, I look back now and I, I realize it was a divine window, but I was really hungry to just be with Jesus. Ministry wasn't on the radar, mm. um, had, had you know, a lot of stuff going wrong and, mm. at my season uh, right then, but I just was so hungry for the Lord. So, I mean, I'd wake up in the grocery store, just Jesus, I want to be with him. I'd be working during the day. I just wanted to be with him. I didn't mm -hmm. really care what it, it looked like. And so I remember praying. I was like, God, if you can somehow get me off of the secular to-dos mm -hmm. that we all have the responsibilities just for some type of window, I'll give you my life. I vowed to him. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, within a short window, I came across a couple of real estate deals that, that set me up for a, while, a little over a year. Wow. And that's when I would say these things that you're mentioning, um, I began to run into. And I didn't know. They don't teach you this in Bible college, you know. So I would lock up. Why did they happen? Because you were tucked away with yeah, the Lord for I would say so. massive amounts of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Because um, it was about uh, kind of a vow that I made just between me and the Lord. Because mm -hmm. not legalism, nothing like that. Yeah. But the Bible is also clear. It says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Love that. So it was, it was no less than nine hours a day. I vowed to him. I'd give him my life. Mm. And, and before I knew it, listen, I was only a few months in. All heaven broke loose. I mean, I mean it wouldn't take a couple of days of that. That's and true. All that's to break true. Loose. That's true. <laughs> I think the first few months I was probably just getting my bearing straight on what yeah. the world. Because it's, it's wild. You How actually, odd. Yeah. yeah. And you deal with withdrawals like, mm -hmm. you know, just not being out and normal. I mean, I was kind of like a monk, really, mm -hmm. you know, checking emails and all that. And uh, really. Wow. So, yeah, that's where I started to see a great increase. Lo and behold, I didn't know he was teaching me. I was learning his voice mm -hmm. and ways of the kingdom mm -hmm. that we now do our best to flow in a ministry today. So, yeah, that's right. where that was from. Wow. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So what, you, you, what challenges have you faced when you publicly speak about signs and wonders? Have you faced challenges? I imagine you have. Yeah. Yeah. I would say... Thank the Lord. I think nowadays, I, I, I'm, I'm certain you'd agree, healings and miracles is, is pretty wide open, which is encouraging. Yeah. I feel like the generation. Man, even demonic us, deliverance is like viral on totally. TikTok and yeah. stuff. So that's encouraging. We can kind of uh -huh. let it rip on, on yeah. that type of stuff. But when you get off into signs and wonders, supernatural, because we see some interesting things, like you mentioned, happen. We've had some just wild stuff happen that I'm encouraged because normally there's no way I could fabricate how these things happen. But brother, the Pharisees must be after you so bad. <laughs> you see it, you know. Um, they, they, uh, they definitely make their their presence known at times. But you just—I mean—they hated Jesus. That's true. With such a passion. That's so true. Yeah. And I know they must come after you. How do you handle your haters with the the grace that you do and the kindness that you do? Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm always perfect at it, but I try to first off pray and hear the Lord. Mm -hmm. I think it's just practical wisdom in life not to make reactionary decisions, you know, mm -hmm. so in the moment. Uh, but a recent one was, was really great. I came out of prayer, so I was really just 
dripping with oil, his mm. presence, and then love, and and try and just uh, affirm, love them, bless them, like the Bible mm-hmm. says, and and it, you know, not that they'll change on the dime. But what I'm more concerned about now is telling my children this is hopefully leading the way for this next generation, mm-hmm. trying to show them how it's done. So right. even though I may not change the vessel it's coming through, at least they see how we should hopefully walk and, and, and go about that way. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. You told a funny story about a guy who was filming a video, I think, about you, and yeah. he was just like roasting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> I, somehow I saw it. Normally I don't see these things, but I thought, because um, we have media, you know, I was like, man, it took a lot of time to do what they did. <laughs> With such excellence, you know. And, you were thinking about, oh, good camera angle. Yeah, there. totally. I'm thinking this. They did an incredible job, although they're just <laughs> roasting me the whole time. So, uh, but yeah, just wanted to bless them, commend them, and, and uh, uh-huh. it was really good. So that's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't hear you talk often about the fact that your um, marriage ended um, many years ago, mm-hmm. and it's an uncomfortable topic in the church. Unfortunately, I think it shouldn't be as uncomfortable as it is. And I think sometimes, um, in the church, we almost idolize the institution of marriage and hold it up mm-hmm. more than the people in the marriage, you mm-hmm. know? And so then when, when something happens and a marriage cannot be recovered right. and for whatever way, uh, for whatever reason it ends, I feel like so many believers who are love the Lord and used of Him and hungry for Him um, despair of any um, any aspirations to be used of God, any thoughts that they could ever be used of God again. I feel like they think, "Oh well, you know, my ministry days are over." Could you could you speak to that? Because I know people have personally reached out to me and said, "You know, you not giving up, you mm. continuing to be a voice yep. when I know you're going through absolute hell in the background totally. inspires me every day. And I can say that you have been that person for me, like mm. watching you continue to press forward in the calling on your life, which is so evident, mm-hmm. even though there's so much possibly in the background that's swirling and so much you know, pain and loss that you've gone through over the years, mm-hmm. that has inspired me and helped me realize, I mean, really, had, had I not had that example, I, I don't know what path I, I might have taken. Wow. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'd love to hear some of your input because you, you do such an amazing job with it as well. Um, yeah, I would say, that for me, just like you mentioned, there were a couple I wouldn't, because I don't have their approval, but some generals I really respect. I later found out, and first off, obviously, you know, for the marital situation, should it should it split like that, hopefully it would be biblical, right. obviously, and my situation was and all, mm-hmm. but, um, and in that, you do your best to bless, keep things honorable, and mm-hmm. But that being said, like you said, hindsight, you do deal with that. The enemy comes talking loud mm-hmm. and, oh, you're done. You can't do anything. You mm-hmm. have that now on your resume or whatever. Yep. But I saw some generals that still, one major father I can think of, used revival big time and things like this that I said, oh, it just encouraged really? me. I think the Lord opened my eyes up to it. And, okay. And then the deeper, of course, you go into the presence of the Lord, you realize, like, he sees you the same. Your calling didn't change. You know, actually, you would be held accountable the other way if you don't you know pick up the baton and keep going through mm-hmm. with your call you'll mm-hmm. stand before the lord one day right and um but actually i'd love to hear your thoughts on it because you've done an incredible job and, and thank you for the mm-hmm. encouragement but but yeah. yeah so oh i could go for hours and hours <laughs> i'm gonna pick a few more questions okay. um proverbs 8 
mm-hmm. says wisdom is better than rubies. And I think you walk in a lot of wisdom. And could you share with people how to acquire more wisdom? Yeah, I would say, um, again, we know Jesus is the expression of all wisdom God is, mm-hmm. you know, so to know him. But also, there's many components with it. I think one that's real key that Proverbs also alludes to is the fear of the Lord, mm-hmm. beginning mm-hmm. of wisdom. And I so believe that's good. a major anchor that has been missing for quite a while that I believe is coming back in a beautiful, a healthy way, not a, mm-hmm. you know, walking on eggshells around God. Right. We're to be able to approach the throne of grace boldly, but the true reverential fear of God brings it about, I would say. And then obviously staying in the word, deep in the presence, mm. again, staying full of the Holy Spirit. He mm-hmm. is the spirit of truth. Mm-hmm. Quite often, you know, cause often you see the gifts even in Corinthians, there's a gift of a word of wisdom, mm-hmm. but then Isaiah 11, you have the spirit of wisdom. Mm. And obviously I believe Jesus was the fullness of all of them, mm-hmm. but as, as, much as we can have our life yielded to Him and filled with the Spirit, I believe you can walk in uh, a space where you carry the Spirit of wisdom, meaning it's it's applicable in any given situation. Mm. So often, as you well know, you know anymore now we're having to daily and weekly make very weighty decisions right. with great responsibility with people's lives on the line. I mean, this mm-hmm. is not, and so I'll often, I mean, quite quite often, say, Holy Spirit, help me. Yeah. And lean not upon my own understanding. Trust him in all your ways. And, and sure enough, um, he would just give me supernatural wisdom and I just lean on him. So yeah, yeah. I would say uh, just stay deep in the word, deep in his presence. Don't trust your own understanding. Because mm-hmm. I can, I don't know if you're this way, I can be quite logical and heady yes. and I'll start trying to figure it out. And oh, it's yeah. like God's wisdom. And you're not... a doer and a fixer. Like you, totally. you can probably get things done. And totally. so, yeah. And God's like, yeah, that's not my wisdom though. <laughs> that will right. mess things up. So. Yeah. That's been part of our journey over the last couple of years is just learning to trust fall. Mm, that's good. When you are a capable person and can fix things mm. and then God puts you in a situation and says, you know what? You're not going to be able to fix this. <laughs> oh, wow. And it's time to trust fall. So that's so that's good. been huge for us. Um, you have two teenage adult uh, age children who are following hard after the Lord mm-hmm. and encountering the Lord like you do. How do you equip your kids to have their own authentic faith instead of that that faith that we yeah. You talk about, or maybe we grew up yeah. with, where we our parents dragged us to church, but there was no authentic faith. Yeah. How do you equip them to have that personal relationship with Jesus? I know you can't force it, but what what would you share as good advice for parents? Yeah, I would say so. My daughter Zoe, she's twenty years old now. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I'm like, whoa, she's driving and everything. And then my son <laughs> Judah's eighteen. He just turned okay. eighteen. So, um. For me, number one, I would say living the thing is really, yes. really key before them because you can only rep- you can only truly reproduce that which you are. Mm. So you know if you're not really carrying the thing and living it out, right? There, there's you can talk as much as you want, you can give as much instruction, teachings. It's not going to land. You mm-hmm. got to be the thing. And so, again, far from perfect, but tried to do my best to live this thing before them. And then since they were very, very little. I would say the main thing I keep before them amidst so much else, you know, you, mm-hmm. you know, as a parent, you're constantly watching weeds and thoughts that aren't truth to remove them and things that can renew the mind. And you're constantly fixing all those things mm-hmm. by the guidance of the Lord. But I would say, like I touched on earlier with that, 
Bible school question, what they would hopefully teach, yeah. is I let them know from a young age, listen, we are helpless without the presence of God. Mm-hmm. He's everything. His, he is the bread of life. He has the words of eternal life. His word and his manifest presence is everything. We've, we've got to know him, fall mm-hmm. in love with him. There's no point even waking up today unless we seek in him and love him and be with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so when they were real little, we would be in the living room together and just, it was like a free-for-all. It was hilarious. Like my daughter's praying in tongues and my son's doing some prophetic, you know, whatever. We're just <laughs> going for it. And so as they were getting older and I began to learn, you know, that they were growing on their own, I began to teach them the whole going into your closet, shutting the door behind you and beginning to seek God for themselves. And I could begin to see that God was starting to speak to them directly. Hmm. Dreams, vision. He was going around me now. It was like it was one-on-one deeper. Wow. And as they come out, we process. We still do to this day, waiting upon the Lord, praying in the Holy Spirit, reading the Word of God, worship, adoration, mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. soaking prayer, you know, instrumental and whatever it may be, how we posture ourselves before the Lord, interpreting His voice and the mysteries yeah. and mm-hmm. parables and and just loving Jesus together. And so that's what I was going to say, yeah, that I would say hopefully at the end of the day, what we really hang our hat on mm-hmm. is how well we love him. Period. Totally. You know, and from that, it's like, okay, the fruit happens by default. Seek first the kingdom of God. Yeah. And then it will all be added on 100%. Yeah. We live in such a sex-saturated culture. Um, you're a single man of God. Um, I believe you walk in purity. I don't believe that someone who experiences the things that you do with the Lord could do so without walking in purity and holiness before him. How do you do it? Can you speak to the man who has tried everything he can think of? All right. He'll walk on a bed of nails. He'll get every internet filter that he can. And he still goes back to the, the, Pig's food. Yeah, yeah. Ha, speak to that man. Yeah, that's so good. I would say James one twenty seven says, um, perfect religion is this, that we'd minister to the widows and orphans in their distress, right? but also that we'd stay unstained from the world. Mm-hmm. Paul wrote to Timothy, he says, look, if you want to be used as a special utensil for God, not just an ordinary regular utensil, a special utensil, mm. you must keep yourself clean. Mm-hmm. And he'll give us the grace, like you mentioned. We don't have to try real hard in and of ourselves, but we do have to be disciplined about going after him, yes, shutting sir. off the things uh, of the world and going deep in the word. And and don't be you know condemning and beat yourself up either. If mm-hmm. you fall and make mistakes, we've all done that. But pick back up, keep your eyes on Jesus. You know. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. How many books have you written? Hmm, I don't know anymore. You, you write know, a so, lot of books. Yeah, yeah, a wow. lot of them now. So the Amazing. first. First two uh, I wrote, and the, the other ones have been tra- helped transcribe from our schools. And boys, so I don't know, it's maybe oh, seven good. or eight now. Oh, yeah, eight. that's so helpful. Big time. Because Which you're, much you're wrote... teaching so much and putting out the content, but yeah. it's the amount of time it takes to get it into a book is really challenging. I've, I've been sure. there. Sure. Um, so, yeah, where can people get connected to you and your books? Because I do want to encourage people to avail yourself of Brian's books. Um, if you really want to go deeper on some of these things that he's discussing right now, getting his books is a great way to do that. Yeah, so what's bridal, your website? Bridalglory.com. Bridalglory.com. Yeah. We'll make sure that we um, link that in the caption. Thank you so much. Honored I really feel like um, you have 
have given us a lot to chew on and uh, pray about and a lot of things to take the audience deeper. We appreciate you being here. Appreciate everything that you and your family um, do for the kingdom and uh, look forward to hopefully running, running in different ways in the future. Thank you all for joining us. We are so glad you're with us and pray that you were blessed by this episode. Please share it. God bless you all. Mm-hmm.